Okay, so we are doing now Thursday section of this portion of Parsha Svayera. And at this point in the Parsha, we had the amazing, miraculous birth of Yitzhak, of Isaac, of Avram and Sarah's son, when Avram was 100 and Sarah's 90. And we have Yitzhak's Isaac's circumcision at eight days, the first Jew to be circumcised circumcised at eight days. And our section begins now, chapter 21, verse 5. And Avram was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Whoever hears will laugh for me. So Rashi explains laughter, which is Yitzchak, his name. What does this laughter mean? Laughter doesn't mean will laugh at me but will rejoice with me. In other words, everyone would rejoice that here after so many years, Abraham's 100, Sarah's 90, and they had a child. Wow, what joy. That's a simple meaning. And the Midrash says that many, many other people will remember along with them. Many infertile women had children. Many sick people were cured. Many prayers were answered. So there was much joy in the world. So again, according to the first interpretation, the laughter, the joy, is for Sarah's blessing. According to the Midrash, the joy is for so many people's blessings. Going back to the verse, and she said, Who is the one who said to Abraham, Sarah would nurse children, for I have born a son in his old age? So Rashi explains this is an expression of praise and importance meaning like giving praise to God, see who he is and how great he is, that he keeps his promise, he promised, and he said it, he did it, he performed, he carried it out. The second Rashi here is on the word said, because it's a very unusual word. She said, me, me, le, la, Abraham. Usually the word would be deber, speak. But here it's milel, why? So Rashi explains, we're using a very, very unusual word for speak here, because the numerical value of this word is 100, as if to say, at the end of 100 of years of Abraham's life, Sarah would nurse children. But why does it say Rashi questions this? Why does it say Sarah would nurse children? She had one child. She's nursing a child, not children. So Rashi brings a midrash that says, on the day of the feast that they made in honor of Yitzhak, Isaac's birth, the princesses, you know, everyone's a very important person, so all the nobles are coming to give him honor, and the princesses brought their children with them, but they didn't bring their nursemaids. And then, like, suddenly everyone's hungry, there's all these babies, and Sarah nursed them all. Now, why did God do this? Because everybody was saying, oh, Sarah didn't give birth. I mean, she's 100 years old. She's 90 years old. Aram's 100. They found some abandoned child in the marketplace, and they said it's their own child. So Hashem, so to speak, to prove his lineage, Hashem did a number of things because there were a number of people that were saying a number of nasty things. Others were saying it wasn't Avram's child, and that's why Hashem made, God made, that Avraham, Abraham, and Isaac and Yitzhak looked exactly alike. And also saying it wasn't their child. You know, they just picked up some strange, you know, foundling. So Sarah so nursed them. She, she's a mother. It's her child. Hasidus explains that all of these babies that Sarah nursed, from them come the 
people that would ultimately be what we call the righteous Gentiles, Hasidim meaning in our world we have non-Jews that have a, a strain of enormous kindness for the Jewish people and an affinity to God. And these non-Jews that have this affinity to God, have the sensitivity to God, have this kindness, have this kindness and respect for the Jews, are descendants of these babies that Sarah's milk entered into. Her milk, her energy, her kindness entered into them, her godliness, and they and their descendants are, are different than the regular non-Jews of the world. So this was not just a proving, you know, quieting the mockers. This actually was a spiritually very significant thing. Next verse. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day Isaac was weaned. So Rashi explains this weaning was at the end of 24 months, which is the normative age to wean. It made a great feast. What do you mean? Like there's a lot of courses? So Rashi says, no, it was great because the great people of the generation were there. Shame, Azer, and Abimelech. Others, a parallel major says it was Og and other huge people. And then, continuing, the next verse after the feast, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham mocking. Meaning, we're talking here about Ishmael. So what does this mean that Ishmael was mocking? So Rashi gives a number of very negative things that this word mocking refers to, as seen in other verses. Mocking could refer to idolatry. Mocking could refer to immorality. Mocking could refer to murder. And here, specifically with murder, Rashi gives a very long explanation of how Ishmael was arguing with Isaac over the inheritance. In other words, Ishmael was saying, I'm the firstborn, I get double portion. And obviously, Isaac, we do not read Isaac's response, but presumably we can imagine what it was. And um, so this guy, Ishmael, very, very upset. And they would go out to the field, and Ishmael would shoot arrows in Isaac's direction, trying to murder him. And then, as Rashi quotes the verse, that he had an intention to kill and to claim it was only a joke. Like, you know, he was just shooting in jest, and the arrow happened to actually kill him. But he truly actually was trying to kill him, because he didn't want... It's interesting, because we see this with Adam's children. Why did Cain kill Hevel? He was, you know, the world wasn't big enough to hold both of them. They argue over the inheritance of the world. That's what it says. When we learned about Ham, the son of Nayah, who did this horrible thing to his father, to prevent him from having more children, he said, what, there's already three of us. Like, what, we're going to bring another child into the world to have to split the world in four ways? Three ways isn't enough. And here we see, following this pattern of evil, Ishmael's already thinking, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to have to split my inheritance with someone, or, or I'm the oldest. I want to have this double portion, and I have this sneaky feeling that actually this kid, who's younger than me, 14 years, he, he, he's going to take it all. So the next verse says, after Sarah sees this, I don't know if she saw it physically or she saw it through her divine spirit, so she said to Abraham, drive out this woman, this slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman is not going to inherit with my son, with Isaac. And then the question Rashi asks is, why do we have both expressions, with my son and with Isaac? And basically Sarah is saying, 
if just because he's my son, for that alone he deserves the inheritance. And if he was just Isaac, as, as worthy and upright and moral and godly as Isaac, he deserves it. So how much more so when he has both qualities. Now, when Abraham heard this, the verse says the matter greatly distressed Abraham regarding his son. So Rashi says, what, what was bothering him so much? Obviously, we could have a number of different things here, how, why Abraham was so bothered. So Rashi gives us two explanations. The more midrash explanation, the deeper explanation, is when he heard the evil that his son was doing, the sins, this made him feel so bad. The simple explanation is, he felt so bad to think he would have to send him away. So, I guess he was torn. He didn't know. Did he really have to send him away? Was this what God wanted? Remember, Abraham's trait is kindness. So here's Abraham, the God's embodiment of kindness, that kind. And here's his first child born when he's 86 years old. Yes, of course, he's so, 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 so grateful for Isaac. But this is his son, born when he's 86 years old, and he's just supposed to throw him on the streets. But maybe he's supposed to, which would mean he'd have to change his nature. But if that's what God wanted, that's, of course, what Abraham would do. So God said to Abraham, don't be distressed over the youth or the slave woman. Whatever Sarah tells you, heed her voice, since through Isaac will the offspring be considered yours. There's a very famous, significant phrase. There's two very important phrases in this verse. One is, whatever Sarah tells you, heed her voice, which Rashi explains means that in matters of prophecy, Sarah was greater than Abraham. So whatever her voice is telling you, it's prophetic, it's not like, oh, you know, she doesn't want her son to have to be with that other boy. No, no, no. These aren't little people here. These aren't little humans. These are superhumans. These are complete saints. If Sarah is telling you to send away Ishmael, she's saying it as a prophetess. Listen to her. So that's a very important concept here, how Sarah's prophecy was even greater than Abraham's. And also, at the end of this verse, a very important phrase, through Isaac will be your children. Your children will come through Isaac. In other words, you have Ishmael. And actually, also Ishmael is going to become a great nation. And after Sarah passes away, Aram is going to remarry Hagar and have many, many, many children from her. But your children, your line, the Jewish people, that's exclusively, exclusively through Isaac. And the next verse God says, but, comforting him, here he has to completely change his nature and throw away this son of his, at least temporarily. In the end, of course, just to fast forward so it shouldn't sound so painful, Ishmael does completely repent and he does come back to the house of his father, but that's a number of years down the road. But the son of the slave woman as well will I make into a nation, for he is your offspring. So even though now you have to send him out of the house with basically nothing, you're just sending him away, but I'm going to watch him, I'm going to take care of him, I'm going to protect him because he's your child. So Abraham arose early in the morning, took bread and a skin of water, and gave them to Hagar. 
placed them on her shoulder and the boy and sent her off, and she went and strayed in the desert of Beersheba. Shirashi says, what? He just gave her bread and water? Avram was fabulously wealthy. This is his oldest child. But Avram said, no. If he went off to this evil behavior, I'm giving him bread, I'm giving him water, I should not give him anything else. It says, she took the bread, she took the water, he placed them on her shoulder and the boy. So why, what does it mean, and the boy's on her shoulder? Sarashi so says, yes, because Sarah's looking and her energy to Ishmael had made him sick, and he couldn't walk, so Hagar was carrying him. And then it says she strayed. She went and she strayed in the desert of Beersheba. And Rashi explained, well, why she strayed? She got lost on the road. What would it mean? You would think it would say she left the desert of Beersheba. But it says when she strayed, she strayed back to the idols of her father's household. Now, just again to put a little note here, the way they were talking about Hagar, who was a concubine to Abraham, which means she was very meritorious to deserve this, who Abraham's first child was born through her. And obviously that was a great merit for her, so she must have been a very righteous person. And here when she, what she went through is that she went back to the idols of her father, but later we find that she, after the passing of Sarah, she again became a mate to Avraham. And our sages say that the entire time that she had left the house of Avraham until she was rejoined with him a number, quite a number of years later, quite a number of years later, as we're talking, I don't, I don't remember exactly how old Isaac is at this point, but he was seemingly young, and by the Akkadian, he was 37. So we're talking probably for some 30 years. And she never had relationships with another man. She said once she had a relationship with Abraham, she would never have relationships with another man. So she definitely had that sense of morality. And when she did ultimately again come back to Abraham, said she was a very, very, very righteous woman. Even though here at this point, obviously, she's going through a a tremendous low on many levels. So we'll stop here. We're right in the middle of the story of what happens to Ishmael when he's so sick in this desert of Beersheba.